0: Podcast. This Podcast is going to be our first special episode of the upcoming new season. A uh, change of scenery, perhaps, for many of us so after four years of Chanel Gunesh, the good, the bad, and the ugly are now behind us, and we're looking forward to the future and that's going to be with a new coach. Um, as of now, it's not been confirmed yet who the new coach will be, but the main candidate seems to be Bashak Abdullah Avci. And here to talk about Abdullah Avci with me is uh, Bruno Botaro. Bruno, welcome back to the show. We spoke last week also on uh, Football La Turca, and uh, we already spoke a little bit about Abdullah Avci, of course. But uh, you have, of course, a personal experience with the man.
1: Yeah of course. Uh hello everyone and it would be really nice to talk about Abdullah Avji or Abdullah Oja. As it's called in Bashakshire and as he will be called very soon in Bashikdash as reports are I hope.
0: So do you think that uh, this is the logical step in his career is it time for him to take that next challenge?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that um uh, as I heard in uh, 2016, when I was in Istanbul, I uh, heard something also about Besiktas and Abdullah Avji in 2010. There was already a chance at the time, but then uh, Avji went to the national team. So this is the probably the second time uh, in which he could have gone to Besiktas. This is a, this is natural future for me in this moments in which he tried to win for Besiktas. It didn't work out in the team. That team, that group, has passed its prime because now it's quite old and older than two years ago. And Basakcioglu was really nice to watch. Now it's quite different. They had some troubles this season, in spite of being first in the league for a while, well, for the most part of the team, of the whole season. Now uh, he's ready for another challenge and. Probably he wanted to leave Basakshi here with a title. He didn't manage to do that, so now it's time to, um, to focus on the future. And his future is Bashikash and I hope he will be given enough time, because this is very, very important for me.
0: Obviously, yeah, that's going to be essential for a man who's going to try and lay the groundwork first. Um, but I think we've seen with 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 this era of uh, this leadership in in that a coach does get a certain amount of time. It's not like at Galtrai where you get a couple of months, and if if it's not all up to snuff, then or even if you're in the first place, like uh, Igor Tudor was. Uh, and you still get sacked. So it's, it's not like that at Bishkek, But obviously there's going to be a lot more pressure than there is at Bishakshi here. There's going to be higher expectations to immediately deliver. Um, but it is not the same. Um, but for him, it's going to be his first real experience, if he comes, of course, um, at, at a big club with those sorts of pressures. Do you think that he has the tools necessary to cope with that?
1: Well, I think he is uh, absolutely something different in the Turkish uh, coaching landscape. For example, so uh, he needs to have a chance. First of all, in such a club, he never had such a chance. Uh, he probably failed at the Turkish national team, and at the same time, he had a great, great stint in Başakşehir, and also a previous stint at Istanbul Büyükşehir easy is, that was basically the same club. So uh, it deserves a chance, in my opinion, because he is different. He is not a Fatih Terim, he is not the, of the school, of the whole school like Sinov Güneş. Something that I really want for Turkish football is to evolve in the next years. And Turkish football cannot evolve if it relies just on the old school. We are talking about a championship that has just been won by Fatih Terim and Galatasaray. It's the eighth title for Fatih Terim. And so we are talking about the uh, same, we have the same headlines that we had maybe 20 years ago (laughs) on Turkish newspapers. Nothing has changed in Turkish football at the moment, tactically wise. So uh, it is the only story at the moment. Probably we have other stories like Erol Bulut, like uh, Okan Buruk, but it is the real one in the last years that has given something to Turkish football. So in my trust, in my vision in my view is the one that deserves this chance at the big club because uh, if he wins everyone will need to take an example from him and to change maybe uh, their vision also their view of uh, how football is done how matches get studied in turkey because uh, if he could fight for the title with a club that was not uh, with supporters, did not have the support of a real huge fan base, well, he can do great things for a club that has history, has um, fan base, has a culture of winning titles. But at the same time, he needs to cope with a, a fan base that have really the need of a title, which is different from Basak on It has positives and negatives, we know. Uh, And well, uh, what Abdullah Avji told me, I have some notes here I told uh, you before, um, that here, yeah, uh, he told me really interesting things and we probably can start with his story uh, because his story began with the Turkish national team. He had some pressure, but just from the federation because he started uh, with the young teams of the federation. His career started in 2005 with a great campaign at the under-7 team. Uh, club of Turkey. So uh, it's a completely different kind of coach from the one that we are used to in Turkey. So uh, Dan um, he is a coach that is inspired by Pep Guardiola. He told me that in the last 10 years he watched all the matches of Pep Guardiola. So this is completely different from a coach that probably is Fatih Terim or uh, I don't know, Senel Gunes, for example. Uh, Besiktas will have to challenge Galatasaray once again, of course. So we have to look at Galatasaray and probably also at Fenerbahce in a long-term perspective. I don't think Fenerbahce next season, but they will not have Europe, so they can be also an opponent. And also, who knows, but actually if they get an interesting new manager, they can also challenge for the titles. Yeah. Slaven
0: Bilic is being named, but also Okan Buruk, of course, his natural successor, as you pointed out last week on Football Turk turka
1: I think, yes, Okan Buruk would be uh, his natural successor. So, uh, also with Okan, uh, that, it's going to be really interesting because it would be the master against his uh, kind of a student.
0: Apprentice, education. yeah. Master versus so, apprentice. So yeah,
1: master against apprenticeship. That's going to be really interesting if it happens. So, But in my vision, that would be like Beshittas and with the same football school against the old school that is the one over Sunyan Al, Fatih And well, of course, Shinal Gunes is not in the fight because he will be at the Turkish national team. But, well, uh, Fatih Terim is really... Uh, we are in the same headlands. We are seeing the same kind of football uh, tactic, maki yoke, bam, bam, bam.
0: Which is yeah, not something
1: that we could expect in 2019. And that's
0: probably as well why Galtrai are not performing in Europe. Exactly. That's also my opinion. So, well,
1: I didn't see Abdullah performing quite well in Europe, but that's probably also... I don't know, uh, dictat that he had at the club
0: mm-hmm.
1: previously because Russia actually wanted to win the championship. That was the story yeah. they had it, to.
0: do. It, it felt like a calculated risk. They as soon as long as they were in those qualifiers for the Champions League, they put forward great games. They knocked out Club Brugge. They did really well against Sevilla, but then the the Europa League came and and they simply didn't really seem to care about it. They they fielded a lot of 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 reserves. Um, a little disrespectful, in my opinion, because you do owe a certain. Uh, amount of, of effort, I think, uh, towards the nation, uh, towards the, the coefficient. Um, I mean, basically, Besiktas have been the only ones upholding that co- that coefficient for the last couple of years. Why other teams have, have apparently willingly uh, sacrificed their coefficients in in order to further their agenda in in, in the national league, which is understandable. But the, but I don't think you can get away with that at Besiktas. So he's going to need to learn to. Um, if he comes, he's going to need to uh, le- learn to cope with being active on multiple fronts. It's not just going to be focused on the league. Maybe the first season that would be tolerated, because Shenil Gunesh did it too, the first season. Um, but there will be higher expectations, obviously.
1: Well, of course, yes. But at the same time, I just found a note, which is pretty interesting, because uh, that's the kind of sentence that you would expect from Abdullah Avji, at uh, his first press conference, I will not know if he's going to be signed, if he's saying that when he's going to be signed. But, well, he told me uh, two years ago that Vodafone Park uh, was the most impressive stadium in which he had played as a coach, of course, or in which he had trained as a coach, uh, because he was uh, explaining to me uh, the goal by Genghisundar against Besiktas in that stadium. So uh, that day I was interviewing Avji. I interviewed also Aldebayor, and he told me the same thing. That Vodafone Park is the most impressive stadium in which he played So uh, in his career. So, and well, we are talking about also Abdullah uh, Avji trains. trained here at, I don't know, uh, Sanchez Pijuan in Sevilla and other stadiums around Europe. Also um, in, in Turkey, wow. that's the most impressive stadium in which he trained. So, well... Uh, that's a sentence that he will say probably at this press conference, and it will sound maybe uh, you know that kind of sentence that a new manager says to uh, get the fans on his side. But well, he said said that. Uh, two years ago, yeah, when he said he two years ago, when the he,
0: when there was no agenda, yeah. when there was so nothing to be gained true. from those statements, I guess, but, and that's quite interesting. But uh, how did he meant that? Did he mean it like in in regards to the team, the fans getting getting behind the team, pushing them forward, exactly, or, yes. or just the,
1: that was really uh, deafening, also for the players because he was trying to uh, tell his players some things, but players that were on the other side of the pitch couldn't hear him at, uh, at all, and also the ones that were close to him were quite. In a difficult moment, you know, when you have the fans pushing the team so hard, so it's difficult to talk with your players, which is something that we never think about. But you know, I don't know if some of our listeners of this podcast know, but if you play football, even if you play in a lower league in a bad pitch or whatever, it's not so easy to hear your coach if you are on the other side of of the pitch. Think about that when you have uh, so many people and the whole stadium shouting and screaming the whole time. It's really, really difficult to communicate. And communication for Abdullah just is the most important thing. Uh, what matters most is the communication with the players. Here it's what he told me. And they also said that, uh, well, uh, we became number one at the time of the Turkey Under-70, not just because we won, but because we had fun. That's really important. I think that probably this season of here can be also explained in that sense, because we can say all the things we want about Bashar Bashar, Bash- Bash- but in the last months, starting from March, they were looking all of the things in the world, but not a team that had fun. So at just we need to bring back this spirit because this season was not like that, but well, that is something fresh. Uh, I would like to see that at just like a team that has fun, a team that has a tactical knowledge. That is following the example of somebody that is really thinking according to the game, uh, that is following those rules like mm, having fun first, trying to have a philosophy that is different from the others, and then looking at the results. So, well, uh, another thing is also the defense, because uh, local media in Istanbul they keep saying that Abdullah is a defensive coach, which is something.
0: That's something here. he has disproven yeah. over the last 2 yeah, 3 yeah. seasons for sure uh, but that but was definitely the, first the case
1: Başakir, yeah first season of Başakşehir was that and the first yeah. season also at Istanbul Beşiktaş but it was the same so uh, the
0: same. for for years uh, that was basically the style he played throughout his tenure there was defending first and they were known as a lethal counter team they had some re- they, had, they had always had good quick players you know Doka of course in his prime uh, but of course also players like Ibrahim Aken um, those types of players that could really exploit the the opponents on, on the counter, that's always something that they went for, and you even see it still now in the team, I mean with, with Edin Visca of course, who's been at the club for as long as well and he basically groomed him, but uh, Doka was still there two years ago uh, Mozoro quick. Players that can hit that can hurt the team on the counter, but now we see also the. I found it very interesting when you said that his big example was Pep Guardiola because uh, he's been likened mainly to uh, Diego Simeone is, a pe- is is the coach that people liken him to. But when you saw uh, at, at times when you saw Bershakir play the last two years or so. Or three years, um, like the first half in 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 Vodafone against Besiktas, the combination football they were playing—that's not something you see too often from a t- like like a Simeone team. That's more a Tiki Taka style type yeah. play, uh, for sure. So you can see once those puzzle pieces fall, start falling into place for for uh, Avcín, that was always my big criticism, like years ago from him, like he can play really well on the counter, he can organize his defensive team, but how how will his teams do when they have a little bit more quality, but when they have the ball? And I think he's proven that they can do some really nice stuff and play some really good football. Uh, so please continue your story. Uh, because yeah, yeah.
1: First of all, it's very important uh, because I'm just finding also these notes. I'm not very, very ordered as a person, but well, <laughs> I will try to learn. On that and then i found just this sentence on pep guardiola also pep, i watched uh, all the matches in the last 10 years and what he tried to change in the game pep, because pep thinks according to the game he has his rules and he likes to do everything according to those rules this is why i like him the most of every other coach in the world And the perception of what you do is important in every nation. But here in Turkey is most important of everything. What you do at the beginning of your experience, your first impression is what remains then. And it doesn't, you, well, people don't realize how much you can grow or develop a team or your football. This is very important. This is what we were talking about, but basically that's what he said just trying to retranslate it from Italian because I retranslate this, but I need to find the original. A quick question, was-
0: Bruno: When you spoke to him, what language was that in?
1: It was in Turkish, and I had a translator. Okay. Translated so, everything in English, so, and now I have the scripts in
0: Italian. So, so did you exper- <laughs> Did you? Did you, by any chance, ask him how many languages does he speak? How does he, he speaks- communicate with his players? Does his he need a trans-
1: is, Yeah, his secret is a man called uh, Barbaros Gosnelli. Everyone can, can also follow him on Twitter mm-hmm. because he's a translator that speaks, I think, six or seven languages, if I'm not mistaken, probably. He would be a great uh, person to <laughs> talk with also in some of uh, these podcasts because he's really a uh, character. That, uh, be, uh,
0: that, that would be interesting for sure, yeah. He's on Twitter, he's on
1: Instagram and he's uh, really interesting. He travels a lot. When he has a couple of days off, he goes to uh, probably Bulgaria or Poland or whatever to watch football matches and gets football shirts. And So he's a really football fan, first of all. But then he's uh, really into the
0: team. And, and he he's knows par, part that. of the staff.
1: So I think that if Abdullah is moving to Besiktas he could bring also Barbaros goes nearly with him because he's a, one of these secrets. Because communication is really important. As I told before, it's one of the most important things for him mm-hmm. and as a coach. So, uh, well, um, I think that having a translator that speaks so many languages and translates so well, also what he wants mm-hmm. because he saw players like, uh, well, apart from Edin Invincia that speaks Turkish, uh, there are players like
0: Manitoba, Kaysera.
1: Odebayor, Kaysera, uh, that are foreigners and they really play exactly 100% as he wants. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, much of this has to be also uh, considered, that has to be uh, reflected by the words of the translator, because he has so, done an amazing job,
0: I think. A, a yeah. question, Bruno. If, if, let's say, after comes to Bishik Desh, Do you think that he will be insistent on bringing certain players along or trying at least to bring certain players? And if so, which players, if you had to pick three, which would you think he would try and bring with him?
1: Well, first of all, I think he will try uh, for Edin Vista because he's
0: mm, absolutely the one
1: that gave him so much as coach. So I would really, really put even money on that because it's so obvious, even though Visha was also rumored to go abroad, probably, I don't know, it's his last chance now.
0: Yeah, go. for sure, he's 28, he needs, to, he needs to make that move. I don't think he can stay at the club anymore. Uh, well, he can, of course, but I mean, if I were him, and like in 20 years time, and I would look back at my career, and to think that he spent like the prime of his career at, at such a club, like... It's 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 unfortunate because he's a, the type of player that deserves to be loved by millions by by thousands at least I mean
1: But uh, yeah but I think that uh, for example if Besiktas says Quaresma that looks really likely uh mm-hmm. you'll have a slot in that kind of position yeah. but Quaresma Quaresma
0: will go yeah. because that will never work in Abdullah Avci's uh
1: Yeah that's exactly system. the kind of player that will never work with him yeah. I think so, uh, well, probably I'm wrong with that, but we don't know. But yeah, I think he's going uh, and he leaves, He had a quite a huge wage, if I can remember correctly. So, well, you can also spend some money to buy Vicha, and then uh, that would be also quite fine on a financial point of view because Vicha is yeah. not earning so much.
0: So, so, which which other players would you think he would try and bring?
1: Probably you would try also for Mossoro because... Um, really? Is At quite, his
0: age? He's like 35.
1: Yeah, I think, but it's very really important for uh, the depth of the squad, because, first of all, if he comes on free, of course, because we are talking about players that are coming on for free, because much of the money could be spent on vicious so, well, we, you have also Adam Yaj that can do that job, but uh, the team to do well and progress in Europe needs to have players that need to be um, like um, as reserves. So, well, Mosoro yeah. is up possibility, but also thinking it wisely, if Jan Kaveji would be better. yeah. And also, uh, well, Besiktas would need to pay him a bit more, of course, but still he's those kind of players, you know, that needs to be brought at Besiktas probably. Uh, at the beginning, he could play as um, offensive midfielder, with probably visha you know, on the right, then Lijaj on the left, and then in the middle you could put somebody like Ifranjan uh behind uh, Burak Ilmaz for Besiktas, for example. Also, you can come uh, as the match is like, going on, uh, 60 minutes. Uh, you need to play in Europe, you need to play in t- Turkey Super League. So you have a lot of time uh, in which you could deploy these kind of players. So, well, not Musoro, but yes, Ifranjan Kaveji would be one to bring uh, at Besiktas. Then I was uh, saying the name before, or probably not. But yeah, uh, Besiktas have Loris Karius as mm-hmm. goalkeeper. Yeah. But one of the best goalkeepers uh, in the league was also uh Mert, the goalkeeper mm-hmm. of Başakşehir. So well, uh, Mert proved to be uh, quite an interesting goalkeeper. He He's did okay. an amazing performance <laughs> also as uh, against Galatasaray. I think that in order to spare some money Beşiktaş could also sell karius and uh, they haven't
0: they don't own him so
1: yeah sell like, i like i think
0: uh, for me if i would have to pick uh, a turkish keeper it would be gokhan akan from rizespor i think he's a uh,
1: also Serkan from Konya, but I don't want my No, Konya. not Serkan, he's
0: not, he's not a big team material, he's uh, He's the type of player that is good as long as he has a lot of work but he, 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 that type of goalkeeper does not work for a team where he needs to make two or three saves in a match
1: By the way, there are uh, some Turkish goalkeepers that can do the job, I think
0: Mind you, I don't know if Gokhan Akan is a goalkeeper either, because obviously he's only played at this level yet, but at yeah. least you know, but with Serkan, it has been Tested and you know it's not going to happen. By the way,
1: while we were discussing about goalkeepers, about midfielders, about about also like you know offensive players,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: probably what Abdul Abdi wants to bring, as he as he told me that defense makes you become champion. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we probably need to look at the defense and what can he bring from here, of course.
0: Kaitzara maybe?
1: Uh, Sarah would be really uh, an amazing. Uh, buy uh, of course I think Bacicci would make a bit of money from that but yeah he would be the kind of player also uh, I don't know uh, the age of Epureanu for example
0: he's, uh, and also yeah, if 32 he's 32 or so,
1: or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah because those kind of players were the ones uh, that used to bring success to the club and to bring the club to a higher level because we have mm-hmm. to think Bacicci were not even uh, Super League material before uh, four years ago, so well, uh, he brought that club. But he and- has some
0: stuff to work with there. He has Vida, who uh, yeah. obviously I think uh, he should be able to get a lot out of him, um, who's still in the prime of his career. And then, of course, there's Mirin, who it's going to be interesting to see what he can do with Mirin, if he can shape him into a really solid defender. Um, because look what he did with Atama. Atama was a player that nobody really rated a couple of years uh, ago when he was a defensive midfielder, but he, he's been solid for the last two years uh, playing for Besiktas at the back.
1: So also we could see some uh, interesting shifts, like for example uh, Atibachi some move to defense. I don't know something like that we do not expect at all, but that could become quite interesting to watch. I would expect also Noyeuk to be more present because it was sidelined quite yeah, a lot
0: in That's... the MR role.
1: so yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i also like players like dorukan uh, like uh, uh for example Given... them quite a lot lately but then uh Abdulavji quite works with young players so mm-hmm. uh, they would be lucky to have him as coach so Uh, of course we do not think we do not need need to think as Besiktas with 11 starting 11 players and stop because he uh, used to use like Besiktas here and just 11 players and then not so many players as backups Mm -hmm. and one of the things that these critics usually uh, used to say that Abdullah is a loser that he's not um, Besiktas material probably but by the way uh, he will have changed, but also he changed that in the last season because the team did not have as much that as it should have had. So uh, I don't think, by the way, that you will bring I don't know Adebayo or Robinho or those kind of players no, it's too because he doesn't need those names. Probably he didn't need those names as well. I think.
0: Do, uh, you, do you think that he insisted on those players? For example, I dembaba he, Robinho. I think
1: he did not insist on those players. Yeah. because you know when i talk about him i talked a lot about cengiz Sundar because that's what italian uh, newspapers and magazines wanted at the time so the discussion was much more about cengiz Sundar and the time that he um, spent following him that were four years that he spent following the player so well i think that he still has a list of young players of turkey that he wants to buy. So, for example, I would not be surprised if he comes at Beşiktaş, and then I don't know, Yusuf Yazyg comes. Well, I hope for Yusuf that he goes to Europe. <laughs> I, I don't
0: think, think that he, uh, I example, think he is not within our means. Let me put it that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like quite exaggerated at the moment. But yeah. I don't know if he came last season. That could have been possible, but now it's quite too late. But those mm-hmm. kind of players, like I don't know, like, uh Dimitriev, like King from that that is not a name that goes on the radars, but uh, he's really some Super League material. And uh, those players that get um, space at the young tournaments and are not big names just because they don't play in the Super League yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Atalai, Babacian, uh, Yunus Akun. Of course, it's not easy to bring them from Galatasaray or Fenerbahce, but those are the names that he could insist if he comes. And then also players from Altenor do. There are a few players from the uh, setup of order that are playing, and they 20 and under um, 17 right now. So uh, we also could be surprised. Because or, or
0: maybe not really. <laughs>
1: yeah, because <laughs> but... uh, I don't know. basically it's not easy to uh, play so many youth players, and also in Bashaqi he didn't manage to do it in the last two years. Yeah, because uh, the philosophy of the club was quite different. Mm-hmm. But when he when we were talking also about Clichy and Adebayor, he told me that he was the first to learn from them, not vice versa. They are not the ones that learn things from Abu Afgi. He was learning from okay. them yeah. because you know uh, he he had never players like Adebayor. and the mm-hmm. stuff. He started as coaches under 17, so
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, he was in Italy in 2005. Uh, with Turkey, Turkey was had a very nice group. Uh, he will find Janerkin. Uh, he already had Janerkin in that group.
0: Mm-hmm. Volkan uh, babajan
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind, those kind of players. Like Volkan was a pretty sideline that would be really nice to understand what happened. Arda, but,
0: I think uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I think. All that group that became. Well, Nuri Shaheen was in that group. Nurishayin. No, Selçuk is older now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read. Now there was Volkan Babajan, there was Generation Nuri Shine,
0: the guys from like '88, yeah. not '89 generation, Mustafa Pektemek perhaps. Uh. Yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, it was interesting because they, well, they were parents of those players, especially Nuri. I can imagine that they told uh, him that they didn't want him, uh, those players, to play for Germany, but they want to, uh, them to play for Turkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because they had the chance. It was the double possibility at the moment. We see now at the moment there is one of the brightest stars at the off level. It's called Naji Univar. Mm-hmm. And the plays for Ajax is Dutch, he's also Turkish. And he has the double choice. He's playing for Netherlands at the moment, mm-hmm. but you never know what happens in the future. So, uh, also those players, if you can get them. Of course, Naji Univar is impossible now because he signed a professional contract with Ajax. But there are also lots of players in Germany. Here that can be considered because they like for example one was Malik Karamet was already by both by Galatasaray and he was started to got Stuttgart player and now is playing I think for the Galatasaray youth setup so it's not possible to get him but those kind of names uh, many are not known yet probably but they are like struggling here in Germany to find place to find some. Uh, I don't know some kind of
0: opportunities opportunity
1: and starting eleven, then you can bring them uh, to okay. a city. I like a uh, current example is uh, Givanni so or Durućanja.
0: But let's yeah. uh, let's focus on something else. Uh, for example, now we've spoken about maybe who we can bring, but what do you think of the players that are currently available to him? Who do you think will work under? Uh, who would complement his? Philosophies and who from the Besiktas squad maybe won't qu- complement the philosophies and may have to um, look elsewhere for playing opportunities.
1: Well, first of all, I think that Besiktas will need to sell some players. This also was discussed in another uh, Footballer Turca um, and also uh, Black Eagles podcast, I believe. That was with um, uh, Jan Ocar. I think the financial. Uh, um, date here at Black Eagle Podcasts, for many, many reasons, Besiktas need to sell at least a couple of big names. So uh, this is an opportunity for others, because you don't sell, for example, Miren, but you will sell Vida. So Miren will need to be uh, a starting 11 player, we need to improve his game, we need to be uh, like to play, to be fundamental and to play most of the games, I guess. And so he would be a key player, I guess. Another would be, I think, Oussan, in my opinion. Because if uh, he, he will have more opportunities, he didn't shine the last year uh, under Yunesh. So I already said that, but, well, I expect Ossan who's to be uh, in the starting eleven and to be fundamental, as he should be uh, for Besiktas, I think. Then, uh, whoever comes as a right wing after Kwarezma, Will live will be absolutely fundamental. So uh, we will judge also Abdul Alji on who will bring because we don't know if he will manage to bring uh, somebody like Hadin Visha, for example, or somebody else. That, uh, yeah, might that be tough. Start. I
0: mean, Bashaghir so, like, may want uh, the capital price for him. May want may may ask ten million euros, and that's just something. But right, right, yeah.
1: it's yeah. on their... Of course, that they are in the position in which they should ask for a lot of money for him, Uh, and also uh, another key player will be Adam Ljajic because uh, he needs to be always starting. I also read that Kagawa is not saying probably, so uh, we'll see.
0: Uh, the, the, he posted something on Instagram, I believe, and people interpreted it as a goodbye, uh, but it's not really clear, in my opinion, that there's nothing, there's no wording like that, but um, we'll have to wait and see. I think, I, for me, I think Kagawa is somebody that could work well. It on could Raft work
1: well, quite well, I guess. Because yeah, he could Kagawa, take that Mossoro yeah,
0: role. He's a yeah. similar type player, um, mm-hmm. for sure. A, I,
1: quite a quite better player. Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> better but similar. I mean, small, quick, uh, intelligent, you know, uh, can score a goal, can uh, change a match. Mosoro was that type of player when he was at Braga in his early years at Basak's year two. I mean, he still is at times. I mean, he scored a couple of important goals this season as well. Um, but uh, yeah, Laich is obviously uh, twenty twenty seven. It'll be twenty eight. He's the one player where Besiktas can uh, build around. I think right now, um, he's at that level and the performance he showed this season. I mean, he's got uh, nine goals, fourteen assists uh, in thirty two matches. So he's con- contributed to to more than twenty uh, to twenty three goals in tw- in thirty two games. And he didn't even start that much in the beginning because. Uh, Chenault Guinage did what he always does and eased him in slowly, which I think hampered his uh, ability to adjust and to get going. I think if he would have just thrown him into the team straight away and just, you know, made him important straight away, his statistics would probably even be more impressive. We probably would have gotten more points in the first half of the season, and who knows what could have happened. But uh, that chapter is behind us now. Uh, but without a doubt, he will be important. I'm I'm very curious to see how. That would work. That dynamic between Leich and uh, and Afci, because we've heard some stories of of Leic, of uh, him being an an enfant terrible, but I think he's been one of the more model professionals this season for Besiktas, always giving a hundred percent. And uh, well, that
1: also in the last two years of at Torino, I think he, mm-hmm. mm, he had no problems at all. So, well, that's something for me. It's really, really old days. Fiorentina, we all remember like when he had a real riot unbelievable with uh, De De Rossi, Mm -hmm. they were punching each other so basically mm, that was (laughs) incredible crazy watch I don't think there was anything similar even for the craziness of Italian football that is not comparable to Turkish football but well you see things that are not easy to tell sometimes so uh, well um, that's pretty interesting I think Lijic is in his prime now so uh, Besiktas needs to get the most from him Uh, I'm having also some kind of discussions with friends that support Besiktas because I found a a hardcore Besiktas fan even at work so uh, did you? (laughs) yeah so that's normal in Germany uh, to be in such situations so well uh, he's keeping telling me that Ljajic is the best player in the league. And well, One I of don't the best, think so for sure. at the moment. But maybe in the next years, uh, and also next year, will be very important because he, pr- he can prove me wrong. And, uh, I think this season,
0: Edin Vizcai is, is above everyone else. You cannot. Yeah, yeah.
1: So that huh? is also my opinion uh, that Edin was really, really amazing. And, and Figuilli,
0: so I, was I hope was great. That he,
1: Comes under Avdi because we would be sure that at Bešiktaçi will play mm-hmm. uh, as um, he played us for Bajraktari, at least for a couple of season or three seasons. That would be absolutely uh, win-win uh,
0: both. Could, could you see him go... big out
1: for Basak-Shir, the best player. Could but, you see as him, as him go than, somewhere
0: yeah. else? Could you see, for example, Vizca go to Fenerbahçe or to to Galatasaray? Or do you think he will want to follow his mentor?
1: Well, I remember from an old interview from my old magazine uh, that my Bosnian colleague had a chance to talk with Visha Mm -hmm. and uh, Visha rates Avulavji really, really highly. So if uh, he has the chance, he will follow his mentor. Interesting. By the way, uh, well, also it's the last chance for Adin Visha to get a big, big offer.
0: I think this is the moment for him.
1: I always remember also the words of some agents, some players, managers that always say, well, you can talk um, <laughs> as much as you can, but at the same time players follow the money. That's also true mm-hmm. on one hand, but on the other hand, I will, well, that would be also interesting to see a Fenerbahce with Adin Vistia and uh, Miha Zaitz and other players up front, because Fenerbahce will be undergoing a revolution and that would be also interesting to watch. They will be... Probably quite dangerous in a long-term perspective, but for the next season, if he stays in Turkey, I would really, really be interested to see uh, Edin Bisha under Abdullah in another context. So, but mm-hmm. I would think that if an offer from the uh, from Madonola Liga or Italy comes, Edin Bisha would go straight away, and that's also the best for him because. Yeah. In two seasons, he could come back to Turkey anyway and yes, for sure. um, yeah. go to Beşiktaş or Fenerbahce, even if he doesn't um, find place in Sevilla or whatever. I just say Sevilla because that's.
0: Sevilla would be a good team. That's a team really, where would fit yeah. perfectly, I think. That's
1: something that comes to. Uh, he was like on Monchi's radar, so it's really possible that he goes to Sevilla. Uh, because Monchi, when he was following didn't Vicent, and he watches some. Bashak-Shir match, and then he came back to Roma with Genghis in there. So mm. uh, that's uh, one of the reasons that's quite known uh, in Italy that it happened that way. So, well, uh, now Monchi is back to Sevilla. So Vica is still one of those names you could watch for. And so uh, this is one of the names, but it's quite expensive. So maybe we will going to be surprised. Because in order to see a better Turkish football, uh, we would all need to um, hope for Abdi's success at Besiktas. I'm not even a Besiktas fan, even though I'm (laughs) a guest here at this podcast. But I would hope so, because um, that would mean that the whole Turkish football would need to rethink the way things are going right now. Because now, to success, you just need a strong coach like uh, the national Nagunesh, Fatih Terim and... No tactics and let's go on the pitch.
0: Well, let's like be honest. That. I mean, Bishiklash performed really well in the Champions League and in Europe under Gunesh. so there were clearly tactics there. I think the problem yeah, with gunesh Yeah, you
1: know, there is no, like, the, that kind of uh, study. Yes,
0: it. yeah. Like, Abdullah, she studies his opponents, and uh, I think that's the thing. Chanel Gunesh did that in Europe, too. I think he studied the opponents in the Champions League. I think he studied the opponents he respected. I think he didn't do it for everyone, though. I think in Europa... But he didn't do
1: it for Dynamo Kiev. I know that that game was not a football mm-hmm. game at all. But mm-hmm. anyway, the first 10 minutes or 20 minutes, you're always deploying the same 4-2-3-1. Yeah. Yeah. There is no like change uh, yeah. if you're yeah. facing yeah. somebody
0: else. Tact- as... Tactically, he has shown a couple of... Brilliant, strokes of brilliance, but there were was luck involved. I mean, Napoli away, luck yeah, involved. Yeah,
1: against Napoli. It yeah. was against Maurizio Sari. We don't have yeah. to forget that, yeah. for example. Yeah. Uh, when he was playing Maurizio Sari, when he was playing, for example, Conseil Sau at Porto uh-huh. uh, or uh, Leipzig, that was even... Porto uh, was
0: probably but... a great example where there was really good preparation, where he yeah, had yeah, yeah. figured out the opponent. But that's something we don't see a lot with him in the league, because in the league he always has this attitude of we are Bishiktash, they have to adjust to us, we don't adjust to them. That's why every single time he played Bajakshi here, almost every single time, he got schooled. Because he, he was got, arrogant. Uh, yes. Because he, he was arrogant. Things. Yeah. And that's something I've heckled for for months. Uh, and I think it's the thing, you're not gonna you're never gonna get that with Avchi. Avchi is always going to study the opponent and it's going to prepare in, to the best of his ability, w- whether that works out or not. Look, we saw now against Galtrai how that that didn't work out. Which the fact, which the reasons were, we will we will never know. The um, same thing against Bish. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But a, a coach and a team who is well are well prepared always have more of a chance of getting a good result in the end than a team that just goes in it and wings it. And also, uh, it brings
1: a new school, a new approach to the whole of Turkish football, yeah. which is something really important because Okan Buruk comes from the team <clears> school <throat> because he was his uh, vice coach, so yeah. basically uh, it's something similar. I had a great season with Rize and now I would really like to see him Good at uh, Başakşehir. You know, when I was arriving in his office, it's crazy because he has like a, a board, uh, a football board, tactical mm-hmm. board, like he uh, as the face of the players and He tries every time to move in spite of the opponent's uh, tactics and whatever. So he's really studying that much. It's really, really impressive to see it uh, Mm. uh, firsthand. It's really impressive to see all that. And he had a kind of uh, report on his desk. Uh, He tried to hide me that report (laughs) because it was a report on Akisar. He was playing Akisar Mm. next Sunday. So even when he was playing Akisar, he had that kind of report and he said that he was worried because he was playing Kamburuken. Uh, uh, because of was
0: uh, his vice-coach. Was that the game they lost with the Chikalishi goal?
1: Uh, Yeah, and he he won that 2-1 at uh, home, I think. But he really struggled for that. He won at the ninth minute, I guess, so with the Emory goal, if, if I don't remember wrongly. But by the way, he was really worried about that. And if you are worried about Takisar, you can imagine that uh, when he was when he will be playing europa league football uh, in a group stage he will be really focused on that because it's really you know he yeah. didn't do well in europe because i think the input coming from the uh, i don't know from the ceo from the um, probably board of the club was to bring home this title this championship yeah. and make history
0: so uh, clearly from everything you're telling us is his staff is really important. he has yeah people. so it's
1: really important that he brings the whole staff not yeah. just it's he is mm-hmm. the like uh, the top uh, the yeah. charity the cake. and a very interesting
0: a very interesting uh, news bit on that which just came out when we while we were recording is that Kuti has left Bishiktash. so that makes yeah. sense. if Abdullah afchi is to come, he will want to bring his own staff and his entire staff because. Uh, I re- re- I don't know. Uh, recently, saw an interview with Philippe Clement, the coach of Racing Yank, who of course uh, the team that beat us in Europa League this season one to four at Vodafone Park, uh, and he had some some really nice things to say. By the way, about that match and about our fans, and uh, he said, but that's not that important for this topic, but I'm going to mention it anyway because it was about Besiktas. He said the the 1-4 the away to Besiktas, that was like one of the biggest reference points of the season for them because it gave them the confidence going forward that they could get something done that was probably the best game they played all season. Uh, was also noted by some other people there. Uh, and he did say that I've never in my entire life witnessed anything like at the end of the game when the match was over, the entire stadium stood up and applauded my players. That's something I've never seen ever before, and he was very respectful about bishikdash and all that, um, which I yeah. think just uh, shines brilliantly on him, but a um, point that I was going to make is he also came, made that point of how important that preparing for a match... Studying the opponent, analyzing the opponent, getting those reports, but also watching games yourself. So he has people who study the opponent, scout the opponent, get him the the scouting reports and everything like that. But he also takes the time to watch the games himself to see certain things that maybe his scouts missed or something he sees differently. Um, And that's the type of thing that I think Abdullah Avci does too. And that's something that I don't think Shainal Ganesh did as religiously.
1: Yeah, we have, I'm uh, just finding on other notes, a team of 15 people working for him, which is an exception for Turkey. It's not like you don't have such a big uh, scouting team that it's not just scouting, there are less like, scouting team, the translator, the uh, the coach, coaches also, because he's not the only coach, there are also other staff, other uh, trainers and people that study the opponents for him. And also this is very important because this can be quite interesting for Bishitesh as the first thing you are going to see uh, as Abji will come. Like defense makes you defend the champion. For the first year, you have to build a structure and you have to start from there. So from the defense and defensive phase. Then we changed adding more um, duties to our players.
0: The, just to be clear, this is what this these are Afchi's words, and eh? not, yeah, not yeah. Bruno's. So, yeah, just just uh, making uh, that clear for the listeners because yeah,
1: yeah. then uh, uh he said also in our team the quality uh became higher because on, also uh you know there were many new players like Adebayor and whatever because he started from uh, Mehmet Batal and then <laughs> the, today's Bashachi is quite different. Then he told me also. Uh, Well, it's really important and it became important to work with different bases and offensive options, focusing also on our opponents, not just on us. So this is really basically what we were talking about uh, all the time. Mm, That's really interesting to watch it. I'm pro-Abdullavji for this reason. I know also the critics, because this season and the last season uh Bashakir completely choked in March or April in the last part of the season yeah, so even uh, the
0: season before they beat Bishkeksh 3 to 1 and uh, the, the the it's back in their own hands almost and then they choked afterwards so the big game they they showed up they won that they took it they took Bishiklash by storm that was the game they they came 3-0 up and Bishkeksh pulled one back in the end with Dembababa's that was if Bish had won that match, the, the gap would have been seven points, I think, or something, and it would have been over. But they t- completely outclassed Gunesh and his men, and, and took that game. But then afterwards, they also choked.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, as we can see, it's a bit. Well, it's a bit uh, interesting because it's um, mm-hmm.
0: it's but a the- new thing. That's That's always going to be the biggest source of criticism and and the biggest source of doubt I think Bisciclis fans will have. Yeah, yeah. but in
1: a kind of uh, I have a comparison of course, uh, we can think at Juventus that are fighting Massimiliano Legri in spite of five titles won because they want to add a new philosophy to the club. A different playing style and a different uh, view also a different vision uh, starting from the coach because they lost against Ajax and they saw that you also need to play well and to have your own philosophy to have success in Europe. So basically, what uh, Bajic and Besiktas are doing in a lower scale, of course, uh, it's uh, if they sign Avdi, of course, it's to have a different vision for the club because you don't sign Avdi to win the league. At mm-hmm. least, of course, they do this, this for that. But you sign Avdi also uh, to um, to change how things are run. To uh, not
0: just be Galtzrai carbon yeah, copy yeah. of Galcerai or Fenerbahce, you want to be different, you want to set yourself apart and you want to, like you said, have your own identity, have your own playing style. Um, and you I could I, have I, signed
1: uh, uh, Mustafa Denizli once again. And,
0: yeah, exactly. And
1: tried it once or again. Luchescu. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or Luchescu. Luchescu would have been like the the sure option, you do the normal stuff, it's like... Mm-hmm. Uh, well I would have been quite uh, interested by Guti for example as coach Yeah. because that would have would been, been completely fresh and quite unknown but it's maybe too fresh yeah. and too uh, unknown <laughs> the big question
0: like, is going to be how much is Afchi going to be allowed to change at the club how much of the structure yeah, yeah. of the club how much influence is he going to have on the youth setup for example uh, because obviously I think at, at Bashakchi here he was basically the director of football. Yeah, he yeah, wasn't it just was, a coach.
1: He was that kind of coach. So he was also following the Yost setup.
0: Mm-hmm. He built
1: the youth setup of Basachi because they did not have anything. This is the reason why he stayed also four years. That is also uh, because... or uh, well, also maybe five years because um, they needed to build from scratch yeah. a new Yost system. And now they also pr- produce their own players. But they didn't have any youth team because they didn't have a team. So uh, Besiktas will have to improve that because the youth of Besiktas do not produce like, the same number of players that, Beşiktaş, that the Galatasaray are building right now because Galatasaray have really an amazing uh, youth sector that has to be said. At the moment they are producing much many players than anyone else in Turkey. Fenerbahce are quite well on that then we, don't, we are not not talking about how many chances those players get, but we are talking about, from, well, Ozan Kabak did have the chance, but for example, Yunus Yun doesn't have the chance
0: mm-hmm. to shine,
1: as he would deserve, for example. So, but this is a different kind of um, talk. Uh for yeah, the
0: same thing at, at Beshitesh, though. Our, our youth team does well in the, the youth ranks. We had, uh, I think, under 15, 16 and 17 became champions, I think. Um, but it it it's the same story really our players don't really get the opportunities we have some of those youth players that are getting chances elsewhere for example said that uh said that i forgot his last name shin he's playing in in second division um on loan uh with uh, balekisir spor and he's been doing well there for two seasons but those are the type of players they don't really get opportunities at the uh the only youth player is a twenty-eight-year-old Najib Uysal who is yeah. the bane of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, that's just definitely something that needs to be improved. Well, I uh, think.
1: What's name uh, actually, Orkan Chenar. Yeah, yeah, but
0: he he has attitude issues too, and he's not a youth player. <laughs>
1: uh, not anymore, of course. But no. uh, he, uh, for example, next season, he uh, what kind of contract he has for Vishitish Tish?
0: He has a long-term contact, so he's still under contract, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it uh, could be one of those... Yeah, possibly,
0: possibly. Uh, but that, that's love. also one of those things that we see under Avci is a lot of those Turkish players, like for example, Irfan Can, uh who could have been one of those many names that's, you know, talented, but attitude, issue, whatever. But you see that those he gets the best out of those players. So hopefully, uh, you know, I think when you get someone like Afche you need to be prepared to give him the key to the castle and you need to let him do his thing you don't just bring him to be the coach of the first team you you bring him to change the structure of your club and for the long term Abdullah Afche is not a two season coach yeah you know? yeah he's yeah. a
1: he's you know? a kind of coach that wants to to build
0: yeah he wants to support. be the Arsene Wenger or the uh, Sir Alex Ferguson of, of of his club so to speak Hopefully
1: yeah, so he's he's legend of Bajacchi, of <laughs> yeah. course. That didn't have a story uh, with yeah. other other coaches, but uh, that would not be completely strange to see, like um, the new stadium of Bajacchi renamed after Abdullah this season,
0: because that would be day- uh, that would be. I mean, what do they have? What what do they have with Terim? That doesn't make sense what yeah, their yeah. stadium is called. After Fatih Terim, like I would be completely understanding if Galatasaray renamed their stadium to the Fatih Terim Arena or yes. Park or whatever. That would make sense, you know.
1: But now it's probably they will do it uh, later in the years, I guess, for Galatasaray. But mm. uh, Bashačiars really, really that was crazy because they wanted I don't know what was the reason behind that. But yeah. the fans, uh, the only fans, they have the 4, uh, layer uh, one four five three. Uh, which is the year of the Ottoman conquer of Istanbul, if I'm not Yeah,
0: 1453, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Done.
1: That's I mean. that kind of group. But uh, that's the only ultras group they have. Yeah, so but... uh, even though there are a few people, the club will need to listen to them. So this is also quite important and interesting, because maybe they will lose the title next year against Abdullah at Abdullah largest stadium, and then they will want to change... The name once again, but this is really, really. Uh, uh, um, Don't you think
0: it had more to do yeah. with the, the disrespect that Fatih Terim showed as well on the sideline, assaulting uh, I think a staff members yes, and stuff yeah. like that? I mean, But
1: yeah. is a legend of the club, of Shir and he will always be a legend.
0: Yeah, he's not. He really, would he, never. You know, yeah. He would never he, do that. You know. Just like senol Güneş wouldn't do that. Svaty Terem is a very polarizing figure. Love him or hate him, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, I mean, he's been extremely successful, but some of the some of his methods are questionable.
1: Well, it's like the the old Turkish football that we love and hate at the same time. But yeah, I we really really hope that this kind of really good old Turkish football will. Sometimes we put, you know, uh, in the closet and then we can move on to something new, a new age of new coaches that are prepared, that are something that can that's, bring...
0: That's the paradigm shift that Turkish football yeah. needs, we've seen Who, that Also, yeah, for, in also other for the countries. national team
1: it's important, because for the moment, Agnes is the best option,
0: in my yeah. opinion. For the but he team. is also still the old generation, the old guard, the old way of thinking.
1: Yeah, right, third place in 2002, so well. Uh, Turkish football is still stuck as it was 20 years ago in the golden age of Turkish football we are still there so uh, if we want to move on uh, yeah I'm saying we, even though I'm not Turkish at all but I'm Mm -hmm. definitely in this game from too much time and so yes, uh, I really hope for Turkey and for Turkish football that this is the dawn of a new era because really, really, this is very important yeah. to uh, express this many times. But,
0: but there are some new uh, yeah. coaches coming up and like, for example, like you said, Okan Buruk is one of those and maybe he can uh, be the next big Galatasaray coach, for example, obviously, he has connections to that club. He also has connections to Besiktas so he could be uh, the next Besiktas coach too. I mean, but obviously it looks like Besiktas are going to go for abdullah afchi that's clear um, fikrit oman has has uh, been has had a relationship with Avci and has been building that relationship for a couple of years. I think it's been clear that he might be the next in line. Yeah, I
1: would like to see as coach in a long-term perspective. Of course, he's memorable. So I don't know if he wants to do that, of course.
0: Uh, but, maybe at Fenerbahce, not at Besiktas. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, no. I, I, just for Turkish football, uh, speaking-wise, of course, for Besiktas <laughs> it will never be possible. But for uh, Turkish football, that would be interesting because he has uh, an incredible knowledge I was also impressed by the knowledge he has of football, so uh, that would also be quite interesting to see him, even though I would not be impressed even if he tries to be the new Turkish Football P- Federation president, also on a yeah. long-term perspective, because he has a bit of knowledge. I would like to see also a president of the Federation that has... Uh, no ties. ...knowledge, like you Alton know, Top, for example. It uh, would be a nice thing, but that's not happening, right? I
0: think the problem oh, uh. there is always going to be, there's going to be an agenda with, uh, with, with the government getting involved, trying to get their will, you know, well, we want the foreign limits, up. you know, I, I want to see somebody who operates the Federation uh, separately from anything else. And no I was like,
1: yeah, somebody getting a the ball also.
0: That's how it should be. That's how it, it has to be as well, according to UEFA. There should be no government interference, but obviously it's Turkey. Well, I don't
1: uh, want to talk about my beloved Italy, but the president yeah. of the federation in Italy is Gabriele Gravina that I uh, was involved in a match fixing scandal, that he's a politician. That he also was involved in a drug smuggling scandal in the 90s, in a prostitution scandal, I believe, also. Oh,
0: sounds like a In, uh, orgies,
1: uh, fun. in uh, Well, so, well, every country has this problem. Every probably Mediterranean country has this kind of problem. I, I was going to say, I
0: don't have anything like that here in Belgium, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But basically, uh, well, uh, I would like to see Alessandro Del Piero as president of the Italian Football Federation uh, because he would be really b- better. Really, uh, I don't know. He has kicked the ball. He was a world champion. He knows how things work. He can do that job, but no, because he doesn't have I don't know the connection with politics, uh, with uh, those TV rights selling and whatever. Uh, I shouldn't talk mm-hmm. about so much about those TV rights that there <laughs> uh, could be. But uh, I don't know. My but but
0: let's uh, let's talk about Avci uh, some <laughs> yeah, more uh, yeah. before <laughs> yeah, course, we but... end it. But a big question that I think one more big point of contention or one more big sorts of criticism is, of course, his unsuccessful tenure as as head coach of Turkey. Um, What do you think is the main reason behind that not ending in a success?
1: Well, yeah, that was not a success story, (laughs) of course. Because um, even though I was not deeply into Turkish football, as I would have become later, uh, that was appearing one of the worst sides of Turkey, I believe in the last I don't know, 10, uh, ten, fifteen years. Well probably yes. I've I don't know, eating probably was worse, but well uh that was a failure, of course. Mm, no excuses for that. And that's uh I don't know what happens, honestly. Uh it's really a kind of um black hole in the career of the because elsewhere he has always done a great job even in Turkey's yet setup up when he was a um, coach of the under70 team uh, 17 team he brought them to a semi-final and then to the World Cup which is not easy uh, to do that no, but, uh, he won the championship in Europe and then he brought them to the World Cup and he was also quite successful there so well um, that's amazing how things turn out to be not good. I think that probably uh, that group was divided many different uh, groups, for example. That's something that was also a bit said with Fatih Terim when he was coach of the Turkish national team, that there is a group that speaks German, a group that speaks Turkish, and they are not completely uh, altogether together. But I don't know which is the truth. I should go to the dressing room and see, uh, well, what happens there. (laughs) Because it's not easy also to build so much when you don't have the uh, tactical, I don't know, um, time to build something. He's not the kind of coach for a national team, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Because he needs time to build a group, Mm. Mm -hmm. scratches. And you can't be in the group if it comes to you uh, for two weeks and then it leaves. You don't have the time to do that. It's better probably if you should somebody like him that has a straight approach. Uh, he, has like, he has also a tactical preparation, but just something really basic, like, okay, you do well this match and then I say goodbye to you and see you in three months. It's not easy to do uh, the coach of the national team because you're not, not a coach. Sure. You are... A, you should be good in selecting the players and maybe not so good at coaching the team. At is really good at coaching. You have the time to do that for the under-17 because you have more stages and more... Uh, and also the group is more united because there are young players that are more focused on doing well, more focused on being tactically ready to new um, setups, like if you play 4 2 and then you play 4-3-3, you're ready to do that. Um, in two different matches if you are uh, 16 years old, of course. If you are uh Arda Turan and you are already a star, you don't want to do that, to play and um, sacrifice yourself in the defence because you have this national team coach that says that why should I defence against, I don't know, Estonia or whatever. I'm Ardaturan and I'm the star, he doesn't let me play as so much, so why should I do that? I don't know. And also the group uh, apparently was quite divided in many different Ways that I mm, don't imagine, because also that was the same group that he had as uh, under-17 coach, probably old. I don't know, part of the group was against this kind of part of the group that was with him. Because, of course, his players like Valgan Babachan, Janel Erkin, uh, Nuri Shahin were with him. Because yeah. uh, they were his players. I don't know, I can just imagine because he was not there. So uh, sometimes those things happen in national teams that was also happening with Italy when they failed to uh, clinch a uh, place at the Russia World Cup last year. The mm-hmm. group was so divided. So, um, Also Ventura was not a bad coach after all because he did well at Bari Torino, but he was not a coach for the national team because he could not uh, be somebody that selects players and then sees them
0: for two weeks. Yeah, not and everyone is not cut out for, for that job, uh, for sure. Uh, but, Budu, do, st- yeah. do you still have any other uh, interesting notes, perhaps, from uh, from your meeting with, with Avchi that uh, you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, yeah, probably, uh, well, there is something also, I don't know, um, uh, something that he told me about uh, when he made a star of in there at uh, the team. Uh, the first time he played against Fenerbahce at the beginning of the league, and Cengiz also scored, if I remember correctly. Uh, because he told me that's a risky situation in Turkey this one, because the, if the guy doesn't play well immediately, he will not play anymore. He was 70 years old, and the board was quite worried about the thing. But they said no, he has to play. If I make to play, if I make him to play now, it will be faster to learn. This is what he told me. So basically um uh, he had the power to say to the board, Well now he has to play, uh, I make him play and then it will be faster. And so it was. But will he have the same I don't know, the same kind of uh, power at Bishitash. This is really interesting to say because also you have those discussions and inside the club always, I guess. But uh, maybe even Shennel Ganesh tried that kind of uh, of approach with the sport, but uh, it didn't work so many times. So, well, uh, aside from all the things he told me about Genghis in there and the communication with the players, that's quite interesting. So, also some of his old players of his team in 2005, the team that went into Italy that won the uh, Euro under. Seventeen. Some are also ple- uh, working with him right now. It would be interesting to see uh, where those former players that are working with him right, right now. I don't know them, but still. And then uh, I will. We're, would really nice to see um, a duel against Okan Buruk, his apprentice, because uh, he really told me many times that Okan is a good coach in the making. So well um that's all i think the defense and then well much of the things is of course on genghis because it's that was the interview basically But and also well uh on the relationship between him and emre uh we will see back emre at fenerbahce i guess right so this is the news
0: that this looks like that's what it's going to yeah. be yeah so uh, it's so it be... is not
1: related to Beşiktaş, of course, because we um, well we don't care. <laughs> he has a great <laughs> relationship with Emre Belözoğlu because, by the way, he will
0: never come to Beşiktaş. So no, of course not. I mean, it's too late <laughs> in his career, and he not want to end it. Yeah, he wants to end his career at Ferencváros, of course, which should be respected, I think. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um... And <clears throat> but there's maybe some other players that uh, that he may want to bring but that may not, may not be possible uh, because of financial constraints uh, obviously edin visca i think he would want to bring him i think edin visca would be very willing probably as well but the question is that, uh, would besiktas be able or willing or able to fork out uh, the, the the transfer fee look i think if 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 Bashakshir were willing to play ball and and charge 4 5 maybe maximum 6 million i could see that perhaps being worked out but anything more than that i, I that's not going to happen bishdesh are not the type of club to uh spend 10 million euros on a domestic player or on any player for that matter yeah, especially but, uh, not a uh, domestic player because
1: uh, if you think about that it's not given uh, on a financial fair play view it's mm. not the fee that is so huge on the club's financial accounts, it's the wage if mm. the wage of Edin Vista is not so high, it's really better to buy, to spend 12 million like Galatasaray did for Diagne uh, you spend 12 <laughs> million <laughs> but <laughs> you, you spend 1 million for as for a year it's better than uh, spend, I don't know 5 million per year for Negredo that becomes a huge uh, yeah. financial weight. At that's true,
0: but that was a that was a position where the club was forced into due to financial fair play because they couldn't afford a ten million or so uh, transfer fee and a wage. You can you spread the wage out uh, over those years, but the transfer fee that's something they need to pay uh, straight away. And that's something that you simply couldn't do. Um, so. Maybe now that they are no longer under financial fair play settlement, we will see Besiktas spend a little bit more. Uh, but I, I, you know, they still have Leitch, who they have to pay six and a half million for. That's going to be their big money transfer of the summer. I don't think Besiktas are going to be making uh, two, three of those types of signings. Well, but Maybe... it depends
1: if you sell somebody, like Vida, for example. Vida could have been sold last summer for a big amount.
0: Yeah, possibly. But that's that's the type of thing Vida. We waited last summer too. Uh, I think there needs to be clarity soon. I think uh, they need to decide who's going to go, who's going to leave. The more I, I, I see, them, the more I think Davida is probably going to stick around. I think there's going to be, uh, you know, Adriano obviously is already gone. Tolga, Mustafa Pektimek they are gone. Um, is still has a year of contract, but he will probably be uh, sent uh, out to pasture. <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of players that are going to be leaving this summer. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of money coming in in terms of transfer fees. bistas they just simply don't have a lot of players that are worth anything right now, I think. And I also um,
1: see like Fenerbahce are trying to sign uh, Max Kruse from Verdol Bremen, which is yeah. quite a low-wage kind of transfer if it's coming. Also, of course, Kruse is going to Turkey for a better wage, but a Turkish club can offer him a better wage even paying him 2 million instead of 1 million. So, it's like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if the figures are right, of course, but those are the kind of transfer that the club has to do, of course, right yeah. now.
0: Cruz is but not that, a role
1: because, you know, it's Burak Elmaz and whatever. But, but then also, you're looking again at... They also bought uh, Zeitz from Empoli. Yeah,
0: and yeah, that's, that's a it, more after. remarkable thing. Yeah,
1: that's remarkable because it's a long term. Those clubs yeah. in Turkey needs to change transfer policy. It's a long, long talk, of course.
0: Yeah, but the, the type of Max Kruse transfer is just another one of the, the you know, typical Turkish transfer, a 30-plus-year-old player lure him with money. Um, you know, that's no different, and obviously it, it doesn't, it's not as expensive as... Expensive on now, of course on how much money you're
1: going to put on... <clears throat>
0: yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, But it's I not... It
1: was the beginning of it, something that was not... Really, so healthy for Besiktas. So, but
0: it's it's not the picture that was being painted at the start of last season when Fenerbahce were buying a lot of young talented players. Where oh, this massive paradigm shift of and they're putting the the youth forward and in the spotlight. But in real is in real in reality, none of those players got playing time. Yeah,
1: because but, they did not have playing time and they they didn't even shine. Also, yeah. some like barıs aleje Şalej didn't play as well. So. Uh, yeah, he, he, by... he
0: played early on, he played good and then he didn't play yeah. anymore and he got loaned out and he didn't play at all.
1: Well, that would be a name uh, that I would try if I was, I don't know, in the board of Besiktas because, you know, Fenerbahce don't know what to do with him, so you can buy him and then uh, for a little fee, like, you know uh, I don't know, Fenerbahce are not like, be super um, strain on him, I don't know uh, it could be possible to buy him and then play him Give him a chance because Abdullah has this kind of, uh, you know, understanding on youth players. So, well, I hope so. I hope those kind of players get his, their playing time because I don't know. I don't trust so much Erssonianal. I see him as a coach of the old school still. So for Fenerbahce, maybe they will be happy because they will be happy back to Europe next year, of course. But
0: still, he's not the type of coach to. Uh transform yeah. that club into a modern...
1: Into a model, yeah, like yeah. it's not. This is why also Alicoc didn't want to hire him for a long time.
0: This They probably should have tried for Abdullah Avci, for Abdul. example. Or Okan or. But obviously Okan is not... Okan you know, is not
1: possible for Fenerbahce for uh, controversial. You know, yeah. those reasons. So uh, Avci <clears throat> could have been tried, of course.
0: But yeah, for sure.
1: Now it's the late probably... <laughs>
0: Yeah, but let's see, maybe he becomes the next Beshash coach, it looks uh, like that's going to be the case, but obviously no official word yet, uh, but uh, I think unless Basakshir block it and refuse to work along, um, but I, I don't, it, it, it looks like it's going to happen. Um, well, if he
1: is keen on going, are not resisting, because, okay, of course he's like your legend and you want to keep him, but... Uh, it's not possible to force somebody, it's uh, kidnapping <laughs> somebody's not Yeah. Necessary.
0: but obviously he just signed a 5 year new contract so they could insist on a buyout for that contract uh, which could be problematic uh, but I don't know, I don't think that uh, we've never really seen a, a huge issue when a coach really wants to go somewhere, now uh, quickly your personal opinion, do you think he? he this is something he wants himself?
1: Uh, sorry, I didn't hear the question for uh, like of my internet connection.
0: <laughs> uh, do you do you think that this move is something that Abdullah Avchu wants himself? I think so. Yes. Is, it, is that something you so. you talked about with him when you did you? No, did no, you sp-
1: no, I I didn't have the chance to ask him about test because even though uh, no, but just
0: uh, in general, like yeah, if that in was general, his
1: I think he wanted to build something uh, that lasts at Başakşehir. I also mm-hmm. think that he wanted to win something. But if he leaves now, it means that he understands that it's not possible with this group to go further, to go beyond what he has already achieved, which is, I repeat, it's massive. Because Mm -hmm. you, like, he's not football manager or FIFA, uh, the game in which you can win, uh, you can take, I don't know, a random club, buy him, and then. Yeah. A, a it's like
0: going the into La Liga, Liga, taking Getafe, and almost yeah, winning the league. The reality the is
1: league. completely different. It's difficult to have a bunch of players and to bring them from scratch to win a league like. To Turkey. build
0: a fan base because that's something that club tried but just couldn't. Yeah,
1: it's a positive thing to uh, not not to have a fan base, but it's also negative because when mm. you are in that difficult moments, you don't have anyone to push you when you are down to nil against Gastepe at home. And you could score three goals, but if you don't have 50k people screaming at you, like it happened for, I don't know, for Galatasaray when they were nil-nil against Takisar, for 90 minutes they were really sucking bad at that game. And then Mitroglu comes out and scores and the whole stadium erupts. That's something mm-hmm. that also Beşiktaş just no uh, you know, uh, those moments are the moments that decide the league at the end. When and you those stroke... moments in which you have the fans on your side, that it changes a lot, I believe
0: before when you spoke, when you mentioned speaking to him about you know when he mentioned that Vodafone Park was the most impressive stadium he's ever been at and stuff like that did it come did you speak about the lack of that at Bashashir was it something that was discussed or did you I
1: discussed that with the board of the club not with okay. him, but with the board of the club they were telling me about the programs they have like you know if you are a kid and you grow up in Bashashir uh, you have uh, free tickets uh, of course, that is also here in Munich. I discovered, if you are young and you can go in at uh, Munich uh, 60, the club that is not Bayern, the other club. Uh, the, yeah,
0: 1860.
1: 1860 uh, is the real club yeah. of Munich. Of course, but this is partial, of course, by many sides. And uh, it's coming also. Uh, you know, there are teachers that are there. There is a kind of a school part of the stadium inside. I didn't know that in which there are teachers, you can also uh, do things, play with other kids. And it's like a small school there. And also, um, because, you know, at half time during the matches, you can also, uh, if you want, the kid is not interested in football, you can bring there, leave him here and watch the match and then get him back <laughs> uh, home and leave, which is quite strange also. You can bring the kid to the game and uh, make him play with other kids. There, it's quite strange as philosophy, but they are trying also to uh, do some things to bring fans that are yeah. uh, delusional with Fenerbahce against and Besiktas, and they are giving me free entry to you eat at the Burger King, which is outside the stadium. Um, yeah. Well, they are quite desperate, in my opinion, to get fans uh, because they need a uh, fan base, but the numbers uh, are low, of course if you watch it then by that perspective, but they are rising in the last years because 200 and now they are uh, 2000 as average, but they're aiming at 8,000 average of people in the last years.
0: That's not gonna
1: happen. That's possible because Basakshir is really huge as a district. Something that's really not told, it's quite huge. It's like, it's big as Pergamo, uh, my hometown, which is weird. If you think about that, the problem is that the tradition, you can't force somebody that is 40 years old or 50 years old and um, that has already been a Fenerbahce or Beşiktaş fan. I read some interviews by my old colleague, uh, great colleague, Samantha Johnson at TRT World. She mm-hmm. interviewing people outside the stadium at last match day, and there was a Fenerbahce fan. And he said, OK, I, it take me four hours to go to Kadiköy to watch But I was pissed off with them and so I became a Bashakshir fan because I'm, it's the side of my house. So now uh, it's part of my neighborhood, part of my uh, being as Bashakshir citizen. So it's interesting if, if on a long term they uh, want to work with the children because they are the only fans they can gather right now uh, as first fans. That's really important for them because, you know, if you become a Bashak Shihir fan and you are 10 year old, it's still possible that you don't change the club later.
0: Uh, That's true. And it's going to be interesting to see in maybe a couple of years down the road if they're going to be able to increase that uh, capacity. But much is going to depend on how the club continues to evolve. I mean, if Bashak Shahir now lose Abdullah Afchi, the captain of their ship, if they lose Emre bellozolo the captain of their team, uh, maybe Edin Vistcha, who knows. Uh, I think they also, the, the team that they have right now, they have an old team. Uh, yeah, the, take... they
1: have the problem, because losing Vicia would yeah. not be so bad if you cash in, of course, like they cashed in for Cengiz and there. But the problem after yeah. selling Cengiz is there if you, is that he didn't buy, for example, Barisha or three or four yeah. players. From but they're, they're never
0: going to get what they got for Cengiz as they got for Edin Vicia, simply because Vicia is unproven at the highest level. Uh, and he's already 28. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's a problem. So he, you know, if yeah, they yeah. can get close to 10 million for him, that's going to be a lot, I think. But uh, I want to thank you very much, Bruno, for coming on and then giving people some insight on Abdullah Avci. I think uh, for those of uh, you who listen to this interview, I think you will probably have learned a lot of stuff that you probably did not already know about Abdullah Avci. We, of course, know that he is a capable coach, uh, but we've of course he's been our opponent so we've been trying to see the flaws in his play but now he's going to probably be our coach and let's try and see the positives uh, and he's definitely one of the best candidates out there right now for Besiktas for any Turkish team probably uh, and Bruno I want to thank you very much for uh, giving us your expertise and, and, and sharing your experience your notes about uh, from your interview uh, on Abdullah Avci and it's been extremely informative
1: Thanks a lot for you, to you also because I also forgot some stuff I <laughs> I gathered around Turkey so now it's interesting to see them back and to remember also those moments because he was one of the coaches that impressed me the most to be honest so mm, that's natural. Uh, yeah,
0: be sure to put those away, compile them in a map, and so you never misplaced them again. Yeah, I was once
1: impressed by <laughs> <laughs> イベント